Welcome to the Weird Works Podcast. I'm Dr. Christy, your host. Join us for conversations about alternative and sometimes controversial healthcare topics. This podcast will provide the evidence that you need in order to make informed decisions about your health, to empower you with the facts that you need to advocate for your health, and to encourage you that there is hope your body heals. Join us from experts from all things weird, as well as the testimonies of people with stories of radical healing who were once told that perhaps their condition was a death sentence, that they would just need to live with it, or that drugs and invasive surgery were the only answer. Let's get into agreement that if there is something natural and non-invasive that could be helpful, that it could be your first option rather than your last resort. Hey everybody, welcome to the Weird Works Podcast. Today I have Dr. Peter Yu. So we're going to hear all about functional movement, but I'm going to tell you a little bit about his background. He describes himself as a performance physical therapist, and his company is called Motion RX. You can see his logo on his shirt there, probably on his hat too. I got to get some swag like you. We're not cool. But that is a physical therapy clinic that specializes in getting athletes and active adults back to the activities that they love pain-free. Peter utilizes a one-on-one treatment model focused around education, empowerment, and movement to promote long-term positive adaptations to improve an individual's confidence and ability to manage their injury and return to the activities they love pain-free. Did I read that? He believes that everyone should be able to perform some sort of basic self-maintenance drills on themselves and that taking a proactive approach is the key to success in long-term health. So just the reason why I brought Peter on is because as a chiropractor, we know it's all about functional movement. And so I wanted to have him come on and kind of explain why that's so important um, and kind of contrast that with the conventional exercises and therapies that are out there as well. Um, But for example, as a chiropractor, like what we preach all the time, and maybe you'll attest to this, hopefully he agrees with me, but it doesn't really matter at the end of the day, like how many bicep curls you can do, right? It's more like, can you bend and twist and lift your kids and get your groceries safely from your car to your house without blowing out your lumbar spine and that kind of stuff. So I think that's more what he's going to talk about with us today. Um, But for that reason, you know, traditionally it's been very hard for us to refer to physical therapists because they're very um, stuck in a pain model, right? An area of symptom. And in fact, that's all insurance will really let them treat. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard for us as, you know, more functional doctors who look at the whole biomechanical chain, which he knows what that means. I'm going to let him explain that to you when they're just like going to rehab your shoulder. And we're like, well, cool. But now that this has been out and not functioning properly, like you're having SI issues and your whole spinal alignment is off and your leg links are uneven mm-hmm. and so on. So he looks at the whole body, which is so important to us. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us that. What is performance physical therapist? Explain why you consider yourself one and what that means. Yeah, for sure. So performance physical therapy, um, the majority of our clients that are coming to us, they all mm-hmm. have performance goals in yeah. mind, right? So they're yeah. typically experiencing pain when they're trying to do some sort of performance activity, right? So whether it's, hey, like, I have shoulder pain when I'm lifting in the gym or when Mm -hmm. I'm surfing, right? But I don't have pain at rest. Got it. Or, hey, I have knee pain whenever I'm going on a run Mm -hmm. or whenever I'm doing squats and lunges in the gym. Right. right? So it's, again, they have some sort of performance goal in mind and they can't reach that activity or goal because of their pain or limitation, right? And so whereas in traditional physical therapy, it's all, hey, I have shoulder pain that bothers me throughout the day. And once I address that, it's done, 
Right. Yeah. Right. Or hey, like I have knee pain with just walking, yeah. and that's it. And once once we kind of address that, that's done, right? And again, yeah. with like traditional physical therapy, they have these like kind of I'm sure you know like functional outcome measures, right? Mm-hmm. And they quote functional outcome measures, <laughs> and they're not but functional again, at all. Yeah, you look at you look at them, and it's all very very basic stuff, right? Yeah. I think like for like the shoulders, like the quick dash um, screen, uh-huh. and again, it's like. Hey, do you have shoulder pain when you're like lifting or putting on a seatbelt? Right? right, it's very basic things. It doesn't take into consideration. Hey, like more, you know, fun activities like surfing. Hey, do you have shoulder pain yeah. when you're surfing? Or higher, more uh, functional Got it. Um, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, what so if somebody has a higher hope for themselves? Yeah, right? like, absolutely. Because life don't, is yeah, don't just want to do the basic stuff. Yeah, life yeah. is meant to be experienced way more than just like everyday stuff without pain, yeah. right? It's like you want to do all these like fun mm-hmm. recreational activities without any kind of issues. That's where we kind of come in and we kind of really mesh along kind of the performance aspect along with kind of like rehab and put out this uh, traditional, put out this uh, blend and model for them. So with that, then what I'm hearing is that must be very individualized to the person, like very not a cookie cutter type yeah, of thing. Yeah, 100%, right? So we spend mm-hmm. uh, one-on-one um, with each patient for the full hour. And yeah. this way, we're really able to kind of dig deep into figuring mm-hmm. out, hey, what exactly is going on, right? And we're able to kind of look at the mechanics, take a look at, hey, what part of their sport are they experiencing pain, right? So for example, like if a CrossFit athlete, they're having shoulder pain with a snatch, okay? Mm-hmm. So we have to, aside from getting rid of the pain, we have to mm-hmm. figure out, hey, what are the mechanics behind uh, snatch and what is the shoulder doing in that mm-hmm. position so that we can build the shoulder up strong enough to be able to tolerate those right. loads during a snatch and stuff. That's important because people might be golfers. They might just want to play some pickleball. Yeah. You know, oh my God. I love pickleball. You do? I'm, I'm on a pickleball kick right Are now. Are you? Yeah. So I, someone, one of my friends introduced <laughs> me to pickleball in like the last three months and I've been like playing probably like the two or three times a week pretty consistently. Oh, wow. Yeah. I know there's all tournaments forming. We have a tennis court at yeah. our like where we live, and they're forming teams. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, it's so fun. You should give it a try. Yeah. Um, I yeah, so I played tennis um, and ping pong growing up. Yeah. And so um, I had this like ongoing joke with my girlfriend that I'm gonna retire from PT <laughs> for like six months and like just drill pickleball and see if I can make it onto the tour. <laughs> right? I don't know where the pickleball tour is, but the pickleball you'll tour. Find yep. it. You're yeah. gonna find it or start it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> So kind of tell us what led you to this. Like, did you start school thinking you were going to go into this performance functional movement stuff? Or did you have a, you know, situation that kind of changed your mind about it? Yeah, so I was very, very lucky to be exposed to kind of this Mm -hmm. um, more kind of private pay model of performance physical therapy, right? Like, as I was going through school and I was, as I was going through these different rotations and stuff in your traditional setting, I was almost to a point where I was very disappointed. depressed and disappointed mm-hmm. right yeah because i mean um you know you would basically be seeing you know two or three patients at the same time mm-hmm. um you'd be overwhelmed with all these billing and um documentation and stuff and it felt like you weren't really giving good enough quality care right yeah. and you know i'm sure all of us kind of get into healthcare in the first place wanting to help people yeah um but again with uh the insurance type model you ultimately begin you know serving hey um, responding to more insurance companies instead of actually providing good quality care and so you know i graduated school and i actually ended up working in a uh traditional outpatient clinic um mm-hmm. for about i think it was about six weeks That's i think it. yeah <laughs> six weeks and i i couldn't take it you know it was yeah. just too much um you know i was 
burned out um, and I was just like you know what there's got to be a better way so I decided to kind of offer the more um, one-on-one model and stuff I love that yeah. yeah well you're lucky that early on in your career you were able to make that shift and decide on a path that really more suited you and your model yeah absolutely and again with this model again you just provide a little bit better patient quality care mm-hmm. and then you also ensure that the provider doesn't get burned out as well too yeah we kind of know that model my brother-in-law is in physical and occupational therapy yeah. and so shout out to mikey but he's shout out mikey. doing that and so i'm i'm trying to get him in touch with you awesome and I yeah pointed him in your direction also because i'm like hey this seems exactly it's, up it's really the mm-hmm. model that i think healthcare is going to shift to you'll see mm-hmm. more and more providers such as you know yourself yeah, contractors and even mm-hmm. you know functional medicine doctors where again they get tired of this insurance churning model and they're like hey like this isn't the right way to do it yeah and again like year after year you see insurance reimbursement drop more and more and more so it's Mm -hmm. like unless they that turns around like yeah more and more people are going to seek out more uh, better quality care and stuff yeah no it is exactly the same way in chiropractic i actually have never participated on insurance panels in my 20 years in practice and it was because of that i first of all i'm just stubborn and i'm like well who are these people on these insurance panels dictating what i can and can't do they don't even know anything about medicine or healthcare. yeah they're not doctors so i don't know if patients understand that these insurance companies that you're like trusting your health to aren't even qualified to make medical decisions and then they don't meet you see you take a history put hands on you mm-hmm. assess movement and function but yet they're going to tell you what you can and can't have right. access to so yeah i think doctors with i'm not saying doctors who participate in insurance don't have a conscience but i think starting to have a conscience about it and putting the patient's needs beforehand is what ultimately leads people to not participate with insurance right. and i know what peter's saying about insurance reimbursements it's not all about money and what goes into our pocket but when you are a doctor who works for somebody else in an outpatient you know clinic for example mm-hmm. or for a medical practice that just means higher volume and so that one-on-one model that he's able to do you can't do that in outpatient you're seeing four or five patients at a time you have a couple of minutes and really the patient's running their own therapy yeah kind of like what do i need you you're almost kind of running like a small group exercise class Uh which is fine if they're not in pain right if people are healthy you can absolutely run as like a exercise class but again take in mind like these are yeah people go to physical therapy because they're in pain so it's like you need to really Focus in on that one person, listen to them, figure out what is going on and be able to kind of collaborate with them and come up with a plan together. But again, when you're seeing four or five, you know, people, it's like, whoa, I'm all over the place. You You end up just putting hot packs and giving somebody a stretch and then coming back around to them. It becomes very cookie cutter, unfortunately. Right. And a lot of times the patient kind of comes to the conclusion like, I could just go home and put my own hot packs and run my stretches and do the things. And then again, what's even worse is like, again, like typically if a patient seeking out like surgery or something like that, the physician will again force them to go through physical therapy, right? But then they go through this very like mediocre like Mm -hmm. shit care. And of course the physician sees that they failed physical therapy. Okay, what's the next step? Injection and even worse, what's after that? Surgery, right? Whereas in reality, if the patient had just gone to a good quality provider Mm -hmm. and got that good quality care, they could have avoided all these different things and stuff. So yeah, it's it's very unfortunate. Well, and like anything, like we always teach like proactive preventative model Mm -hmm. and like it takes a little bit of a mind shift switch because you have to come out of pocket and pay up front for care. But in the long run, what we know is you save time, money and effort and strain and aggravation by just handling it the correct way from day one. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, we're totally in alignment on that. So he, the part in his bio I didn't read and we were talking before we hit record button. It's all these letters, but... 
Do you want to tell me about some of the additional certifications just to help un people understand what, in addition yeah. to the traditional curriculum, sure. you Yeah, so, um, you know, we treat a lot of CrossFit athletes, a lot of weightlifters, a lot mm -hmm. of runners. So um, a lot of the sort of additional certifications that we have are also kind of just coaching certifications as okay. well, right? We also have uh, certified strength and conditioning specialists. Um, again, this way allows us to kind of approach um, the patient from almost kind of like a blend of a coaching mm -hmm. uh, coach's eye as well. Kind of your um, health traditional healthcare um, eye as well too, because this way again, it's like you actually understand, you know, what is a clean and jerk, what is a snatch, what are kipping pull-ups, all these mm -hmm. things that again an athlete might be coming to you and talking to you about, but it's like if you don't right. understand it or if you don't do it, then again, like you're just probably going to tell them, hey, don't do that, right? Yeah, <laughs> don't do that. That's typically what you hear from most healthcare providers yeah. who don't understand the patient in their sport, yeah. right? Same thing. It's like you know, if you don't understand running to to you, like, hey, running is a very impactful, dangerous activity. Mm -hmm. And a patient's coming to you, hey, I've got knee or ankle pain. Of course, you're just going to tell them, hey, don't do it, right? right. But again, um, having these other additional, um, you know, certifications just basically allows us to understand the patient a little bit better, yeah. um, kind of understand what's going on, be able to kind of provide them an option that isn't mm -hmm. just rest or stop doing it. Yeah. Right. Yes. Um, and then yeah, another one again, it's just uh, dry kneeling. Uh, dry kneeling oh. is something that's very um, common now, and we also. Um, are able to provide that as well mm -hmm. but you know at the end of the day it's just they're just kind of tools in the toolbox that are able to help us um mm -hmm. you know provide like a plan in order to get our patient all the way to their mm -hmm. end goal and stuff so yeah, you it's just the alphabet soup it you know, is like, <laughs> it is but i know it's all meaningful and you did it purposefully you yeah. didn't just do it to try to put a bunch of letters there right. so what i kind of find is that as you move on in practice you'll see a case and you'll be able to get them well and then they send more of those types of cases and then they're like hey if you can help me with this like maybe you can help with this a little bit yeah. more complicated thing and then you need more tools in your toolbox yep. as your practice grows you know and out of necessity so. absolutely I'm sure you did it purposefully. Are you tired of going from diet to diet to come up short and feel worse than you did when you started? Or are you just lost with all the mixed messaging out there today and not sure what's best for you and your lifestyle? Maybe you were told that you had to live with your symptoms and accept feeling less than your typical vibrant self. Well, I'm here to tell you the truth. As a practicing doctor of chiropractic, kinesiology, and clinical nutrition, I see people all the time that are just like you, frustrated and starting to lose hope. But I do want you to know that you do not have to give up on the you that you know you could be. There is a way to truly achieve optimal health and also to live your life. I want to share with you how, by doing some small doable adjustments and taking on a new approach to enjoyable and non-restrictive eating, we can help you start feeling better and begin to see changes in your waistline and start releasing weight in as little as 14 days. So just kind of explain a typical day in your office. Like, what does it look like at your, do you call it a studio or a practice? Uh, clinic, Gym? office. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's funny that you mentioned, I saw the question, I was yes. like, some because someone else talked to me about this the other day too, they were like, your job looks so fun. You should do like a video recording of yeah. just like a day in the life. Yeah. Right? I was should. like, you know what? I really should do, do like, it's a, like a playground. Do, do like a blog or works. something yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, if you guys have ever uh, been to our clinic or studio, which you need to come by I sometime. I do need to come. Um, but it's basically almost looks like a mini gym. 
Okay. All right. So um, typically we, we start uh, 7 a.m. We go to 12 p.m. And again, we see patients one-on-one -on -one for the full hour. Mm -hmm. um, we have all these um, heavier equipment there in order to be able to kind of, again, get our patients strong enough so that they're able to handle, you know, sure. whatever activity that they're getting back to, right? Mm -hmm. um, that was probably one of the biggest gripes that I had when I was working at the traditional insurance yeah. clinic. It was all stretchy bands and then just like, I think the heaviest dumbbell was like two pounds, right? Oh. And it's just like, how do you expect, you know, and we're telling them, hey, you need to get stronger in order yeah. to be able to do this, right? But how are you going to get them stronger with only two pound pink right. dumbbells and like stretchy bands, right? right. So right. now we have like, um, you know, we got sleds there. We got dumbbells all the way up to 100 pounds. We got mm -hmm. barbells and it, it, it's just a lot of fun, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And again, we always sort of try to create like a fun culture there as well, too. Yeah. Um, we make TikTok dances and stuff. I know. Uh, you guys got to follow them on Instagram or TikTok. They're pretty fun. Yeah. Um, you know, so we just try and try and keep it fun, lighthearted in there. And, you know, patients come in. We work their injury. We get them um, working hard, sweaty. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we have fun, make jokes at it as well, too, and That's stuff. Great. So, um, I, yeah, I made it, I made a post uh, earlier today how I was describing uh, physical therapy is kind of like Disney World. Yeah. Right? Physical therapy with us kind of like Disney World yeah, where, funny. you know, you go, you... You have fun, you laugh, you get sweaty, right? <laughs> right? Because you're you're sweaty from working working hard from working the injury and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And then you also also conquer fear, right? Mm -hmm. So again, a lot of times these patients are coming in, they have right. some sort of fear with movement, right? Whether sure. it's like squatting or even bending down because mm -hmm. in the past it's been a movement or something that's yeah. causing pain, right? Yeah. So again, a lot of it's kinda of helping them build past that. Yeah. And then they leave fulfilled and then they mm -hmm. can't wait to come back again, right? So I, don't know, I just made a post kind of uh, something like that. But no, it's good. We see, so on average, see anywhere between um, five to seven patients a day. Okay. Um, and then again, yeah, have have like two hour lunch break to work out for ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, in the afternoon, we're done. Go go home, play some pickleball, right? <laughs> listen, to, listen to some podcasts. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's an amazing job. Schedule. Yeah, I, I love it. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, yeah. But yeah. That's good. I don't know if that was descriptive enough. No, for, that for was great. Life. No, yeah. I just think it, it, you know, like you had mentioned, sometimes people are fearful, right? They're in pain. You know, maybe they've been everywhere else. Other people yeah. haven't been able to fully help them. Sometimes like in our office too, like people have invested already a lot of time and money mm -hmm. to be told this is as good as it's ever going to get right. or drugs and surgery are the only option remaining for you. And then like they're fearful to come to see one more person. Mm -hmm. So I just thought like if they could see you, meet you, understand, you know, what it looks like like maybe that will eliminate one more boundary from people being able to access the care that they need yeah right? absolutely take the next step yep for sure so can people who aren't athletes see you yeah absolutely right and so i think um mm -hmm. you know obviously we cater ourselves towards again that athletic uh population or mm -hmm. um active uh adult yeah. um but i always kind of pull this quote from whoever the founder of uh or CEO of Nike was, he had this quote oh. where it was, again, if, if you have a body, you're an athlete. Yeah. Right. And again, so I kind of um, bring that up to pretty much just about anyone as well too, right? And I think a really good example is kind of just, um, you know, these two patients that I saw back to back, um, I think it was probably about two or three weeks ago. Okay. The first patient, right, she's 30 years old, she's an um, Olympic trials uh, marathon runner, okay. right? And she's dealing with plantar fasciitis, mm -hmm. right? So we're working with, with her, she's obviously an athlete, we're working her towards her right. performance goal being able to qualify for the Olympic trials in 2024 cool. and be able to run from that again without any kind of issues, right? Yeah. So it's very, um, you know, black point for her. Mm -hmm. and the very next patient we had, I would treat it, uh, she's a 70-year-old mm -hmm. grandma, right? Mm -hmm. But again, I treated her the same as, as an athlete, right? Yeah. For her, her sport is the sport of life, right? Yeah. So she was dealing with back pain, right? 
and she can't bend down to play with her grandkids. Okay. And so yeah. obviously we're, we're going to get get her back stronger mm-hmm. so that, you know, she can play with her kids again without any have any kind of issues. She can pick up her grandkids again and just like yeah. hang out with them, right? So yeah. for her, her her sport is a sport of life. Yeah. And the, the very patient before her, her sport was obviously a marathon. Yeah. So, but again, they're both athletes participating in their own sport. Um, but again, it just yeah. looks a little bit differently. I just like the whole, like, what you're describing, too, is, like, it's just so much further away from just a pain, like, get people out of pain. Like, you're really restoring them to life with yeah. the things they love to do. Purposeful, I mean, I know I purposeful meaning, you know? Because, uh-huh. again, like, people people can deal with pain. People live in pain all the time. But, again, once... Or they once, just take a painkiller, Yeah, or they know? take a painkiller, pain yeah. right? But, again, when that pain is limiting them from, them from an activity that is meaningful to them, True. that's when it becomes an issue. So, again, yeah. it's so much more than just getting rid of yeah. pain. It's... Getting them back to the things that they love. I love it. Yeah. Well, and that's why, like, I read a quote and it said, like, we don't stop playing because we get old. We actually get old because we stop playing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, people just start to accept, like, oh, don't you hate this when people just say, like, well, maybe it's just old age. Yeah. Do you hate that? Of course, because, I mean, you have people that are in their 80s and 90s continue to Mm -hmm. run marathons, continue to be active, and, like, they look like they're in their 50s and 60s. Uh It's because they continue to stay moving and stuff, so... Again, like, I don't know if you're out there listening and stuff, but again, don't mm-hmm. don't let age um, be kind of like a reason or a blame for yes. kind of, you know, what, what you're, um, whatever you're dealing with. Or don't stuff. accept age as a diagnosis or yeah. a death sentence. Absolutely. You know, like, the body is made to move. Mm-hmm. And chiropractic, and I know in your medicine too, like, movement is life. Yeah, movement is medicine, right? Uh-huh. That's, that's pretty much where, where the name Motion Rx comes I from, like right? It. Rx prescription, and yep. again, we're prescribing movement, right? Yep. Yeah. I love it. Very cool. Okay, so tell us some exercise myths. What are some of the worst things you see people doing or believing? Oh, man. You probably see hey, it all. I know Peter's uh, here with us. If you're only on the audio and you hear little tiptoeing, that's the dog's feet. Yeah. Oh, man. Exercise myths. Um, I would probably have to say that there is no bad movement, okay. right? Or there are no absolutes, right? Mm-hmm. Again, I think... A lot of newer coaches and trainers, again, they may come out thinking that, hey, there is a black and white move, black and white uh, way to move. Okay. Right? Whereas in reality, you know, movement is a very gray um, area. Mm-hmm. There's lots of it. We're all born differently, and we can all move in different ways, right? Yeah. So, again, like one of the um, more common ones are, hey, never let your knees go past your toes when you squat, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, the myth was, hey, it's gonna shoot out your kneecaps, right? right? Whereas in reality, <laughs> if you kind of sl- you go down the stairs every single time you go downstairs your knees are going over your toes yeah right so it's all about again can you progress slowly progress the load enough so that your knees can kind of tolerate and handle that mm-hmm. right? so okay. again that's i think that's a common myth um another one is um you know hey never never let your back round when you're whenever you're picking something up mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. again like i don't know i think america as a whole just has a um perception that like the back is super fragile yeah right whereas right. in reality the back is just a muscle just like any other part of our yeah. body, right? And again, if you kind of slowly dose that in, if you kind of, you know, because again, like, if we can, if everything in, you know, in the world was shaped perfectly like a dumbbell, kettlebell, or like a right. barbell, that would be amazing, right? Because then we could keep our back yeah. flat every single time and position it perfectly True. to lift it up with a braced spine, right? True. But in reality, you know, we have like dog food for a PD, right? Odd shaped <laughs> right. items. And yeah. you have to bend and round your back a little right. bit. So it's not necessarily avoiding those positions. It's mm-hmm. slowly training in those positions to get your back strong enough to be able to handle right. that, right? So I think that's kind of just like, yeah, something um, that 
I commonly explain to people a lot of times like uh, throughout that. the day. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, exercise myths that we can go on and on forever. It um, is true too, like just about how we're all built differently. Like yeah. you're tall, I'm short. Some people like there's fast twitch fibers yep. and slow twitch fibers, and I will maybe this is an excuse for not being a runner, but I am convinced that my body is not built to be a runner. Like it's just way too much. I go up and down instead of forward. <laughs> like it's just waste of effort. So I'm gonna find something that I can do that's more up and down. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so I'm a doctor of the spine as yeah. a chiropractor. How important is spinal mobility? Super important, right? So mm-hmm. um, I'm sure you you know as well too. But our backs are made to move, yeah. right? Um, you know, it's meant to bend, it's meant to extend, it's meant to rotate, it's meant to side bend, right? Mm-hmm. So again, I think one of the biggest things that I try and tell people, especially after they experience mm-hmm. a an episode of a low back pain, right? So right. the back seizes up, they typically tend to just stay still, mm-hmm. right? Whereas in reality, you want to promote as much gentle movement as possible, get as much yeah. blood flow into the back as mm-hmm. possible, right? right. Um, so I would say, yeah, that's probably you know one of the most important things for uh, spinal mobility. And same thing, when you're, whenever we stay in one position for too long, our brain starts to let us know, send us signals, hey, this is uncomfortable, right? Yeah. Like, have, you ever, have you ever sat in an airplane for like five hours without moving? Yeah, it I, sucks. Get, I it's hurt super worse from being sedentary. Like we're on our feet moving around all yeah. day. I get more pain if I'm in a conference all weekend sitting. Yeah. Yeah, or a long drive or a, car, yeah. a plane ride. Exactly. It's not comfortable. Same thing when, yeah. if you're standing all the time. If you stand all day, like yeah. it's probably not comfortable. Yeah, you need right? to change position. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so it's like, like one of the most common things, you know, people ask, I'm sure you probably get asked this all the time too, is like, hey, what is like the best posture, right? And I always tell people, you know, your best posture is your next posture. Yeah, right? I love like, that. Well, they just change positions, right? Yes. If you're standing too long, go ahead, sit down. Yeah. If you're sitting for too long, yeah. stand up, right? Yeah. Um, so again, just constantly changing positions, um, constantly moving, getting your body in and out of those different positions mm-hmm. um, is probably going to be the best thing. So, again, movement yeah. is nice. Um, so do you work with other healthcare practitioners or co-treat with anybody and what kind of practitioners? Yeah, absolutely. So again, we, we love chiropractors, right? Um, we love massage therapists. We love mm-hmm. uh, nutritionists. And obviously, we also have kind of a list of um, like uh, orthopedics uh, mm-hmm. surgeons that we'll refer to again if, if it's necessary and stuff like that. So again, we're very good at exercise and movement, mm-hmm. and we know that, right? So we kind of stick to that. Yeah, but obviously, it's you know, niche. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, you guys know a lot more about you know adjustments and mm-hmm. um, about the spine and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So again, we'll refer, again if people want adjustments and stuff, mm-hmm. we'll refer to chiropractor. Same thing with nutrition, you know. Yeah. So yes, we know that you know a little bit about macros and stuff like that, but there's so much more about nutrition right. um, than just just uh, the surface of kind of what we know so again whenever people have like uh, questions about dieting you know stuff like that and we refer them out to like nutritionists um as well too um so again i think it's just important to you know treat the body as a whole Mm -hmm. and understand that hey you don't need to be good at everything right right yeah i think like there's so many like people out there where they feel like they need to do everything right whereas in reality like it would be so hard to go out and learn, like, hey, seven years of chiropractic, yeah. <laughs> like, right. five years of nutrition, right. seven years of physical therapy. Exactly. And then you're just together. spreading yourself too thin. Yeah. Whereas, you know, same mm-hmm. thing with, like, surgeons. Like, typically, surgeons, mm-hmm. they only operate on, like, the same one or two joints, yeah, right? They only do knees or only yes. do hips, right? Same thing yeah. with us. You know, we're very good at getting people stronger and get them, mm-hmm. getting the movement um, and whatnot. So we kind of, you know, we stick to that. And again, whenever yeah. other things arise and stuff, um, we refer out. But again, it's like health, I kind of explain health in kind of like three different um, big categories, right? It's like uh, sleep mm-hmm. or sleep slash stress and then mm-hmm. nutrition and then exercise, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, yeah, I think, again, if we're able to kind of address it all, all from kind of like a holistic uh, yeah. perspective, 
it's going to be like the best thing that we can do. And that's like in chiropractic, they tr- always teach the triad, like the yeah. model of health. Usually it's always described as a triangle. So we talk about thought, trauma, and toxins. So okay. that's the mind, body, spirit, or mind, structure, biochemical. Yeah. So that nutrition aspect, that's why I wanted to ask Kim because you see athletes. So usually people that are athletic are eating the right things because they're performance-minded and that Mm -hmm. can give them the competitive edge and help them stay in the game and recover really well. But can you kind of compare and contrast a case of somebody who was doing proper nutrition versus somebody who wasn't? Like, what do you feel? What are the limitations? What's the difference? Yeah, I think like a lot of times athletes will also, again, they may also have like a negative um experience with food as well too nutrition right again like they're like hey if i eat too much like i'm not gonna make weight for my class or something like that whereas in in reality again it's always like a fine balance between eating and fueling yourself enough Mm -hmm. so that you're able to actually perform as well too so again once you kind of let them know that then again something will kind of click but um yeah usually with stuff like that there's a lot of psychological stuff behind that so we kind of just yeah, refer out to a nutritionist. Sure. Americans spend $33 billion every single year on diets and weight loss products, and yet diets have a 95% failure rate. These statistics and my 18 plus years experience as a practicing doctor show me the real dangers of a cookie cutter approach to health and that truthfully, diets don't work. This is why I created the 9010 Lifestyle. For the people like you and me, busy and not willing to settle for less when it comes to our health and wellness. This program isn't just about feeling fantastic and or losing weight for good, it's a roadmap to upgrading your body and mind from the inside out while simultaneously suppressing the inflammation and suppressing the guilt that often comes with a high stress, high expectations, and high performance. The number one reason the 9010 lifestyle is so effective and easy to maintain is that it gives you back your willpower instead of forcing it. And what about like physically in the body? So like one of the reasons I added nutrition to my chiropractic yeah. practice was like I just got tired of whacking away at the same subluxation over and over again. Yep. Like patients would come back week after week and eventually I was like, am I really helping this person if the problem keeps coming back? Mm-hmm. And so I know when I started implementing nutrition and patients, we got that level of inflammation out of the body and then the tissues were more well-nourished that they were able to graduate from chiropractic care and hold their adjustments. So mm-hmm. what do you feel like in the muscle tissue and stuff and people that are handling their nutrition well versus not? No, it makes such a big difference, right? Because again, mm-hmm. like exercise only plays one part in their injury yeah. and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And again, like if we're also able to address like the nutritional aspect yeah. of it as well, it's only going to kind of accelerate, yeah. um, you know, the rec- whole recovery process yeah. as well too. Yeah. Just because, yeah, you know, there's so many, there's only so many variables that we're able to control from like a provider standpoint. Right. Sure. But again, we can, but if we can start influencing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, their thoughts and experiences with like food, again, that's like three hours of the day that we're also additionally influencing, right? I know. Patients come in and they're like, how did I get this way? I'm like, I don't know why you're going to spend 10 minutes a week with you. Like, yeah, right. You are responsible for all the rest of your time. But if you can influence habits, <laughs> yes. right? Influence habits. That's yes. when you can make, start, start making lifestyle yeah. changes and stuff, right? Okay. So again, like a lot of the stuff we do with them and like exercise, it's all about kind of like teaching them mm-hmm. things that they're able to kind of implement in their everyday life, right? Of Just because again, we're only able to spend, you know, like one hour a week with them, which again is already a lot. Lot compared yeah. to other healthcare providers, but in the grand scheme of things, one hour is very, very little compared yeah. to like a 
you know, whatever, how many hours are in a whole week? Right? I almost said 40 hour work week, but again, yeah. people are spending more than 40 more hours than with like their, <laughs> with exercise and food and stuff. I agree. You know, so, yeah. Well, and two, I'm sure you find the same. Like once you're able to restore an area that's been problematic, that's providing pain and discomfort and fear and restriction of movement and not full participation in life and the things you enjoy. Like when people start getting back involved in the things, you know, their emotional tone comes up and yeah. then suddenly like they can fathom maybe taking the next step or eating healthy or doing some meal prepping or you know like they have the energy and the focus to then take on the next thing so it just kind of catapults yeah right? absolutely we just gotta flip that first domino yeah you have yeah. to have a small win somewhere and so like you're giving people big wins so then they can keep that going mm-hmm, for That's sure awesome excuse me i'm gonna move peter's tail we have peter pie and peter you here today you guys hey, Petey. you get all the peters <laughs> peter squared Okay, so just tell us one of the a couple of the most outstanding success stories. I mean, I know you've been mm. able to keep people off meds, out of surgery. Just yeah. share some really cool cases. Oh man, where do I even begin? I, I feel know. like all all of them They're are super, cool. super cool and stuff. Um, well, today we just had a. She's another. She's a uh, pediatric doctor, um, but she's also very active. I think she's probably like 35, mm-hmm. uh, 40 years old. She does F45. Okay. Um, we've been seeing her for about four weeks now, but she came in dealing with them. She had partial uh, meniscus tear in her okay. knee, um, pain with lunges, and um, just like very fearful of like um, different uh, the explosive movements that they do at F45, sure. right? Um, she went and saw an ortho. Ortho was like, hey, all right, you got a partial uh, meniscus tear. We're going to go ahead and schedule mm-hmm. surgery. So she got surgery scheduled for, it was supposed to be in August, right? And then luckily for her, one of our previous patients who's a nurse actually works with her over at uh, Wolfson's uh, Children's Hospital, she was able to refer her over. She was like, hey, like before you even like continue on this path surgery, go yes. go check them out. Like they, they they know what they're doing. So she came in uh, for this and immediately on the eval, I did the eval with her. I was like, you know, I don't even like, this is just my personal opinion, but just based off everything that we're seeing today on the eval, you have no pain at rest. Right. You only have um, mild pain when you're doing some sort of squats or lunges mm-hmm. like you can easily manage and fix this you don't mm-hmm. need surgery at all she's like oh, okay like well we'll see right yeah. so and four four weeks later you know she, her knee's much stronger yeah. right? she's able to do squats and lunges and then today she just told hey canceled my surgery in august Yay. right awesome. and this is awesome and again like we didn't really necessarily she, yes she still has a partial meniscus tear yeah right we're, we're not changing that but we are able to get the tissues around her knee stronger mm-hmm. so that she can, you know, run and do like mm-hmm. jumping jacks and all these like crazy explosive things that they do at F45. That's awesome. Right. Um, so again, it's just like one of the, one of, that's like one of the very common um, things that, you know, we see daily. But again, it's just mm-hmm. so awesome to be able to, again, yeah. like prevent someone from going through surgery, right? Because yeah. again, surgery is such a long, shitty road yeah. to recovery. Well, in the scar tissue alone, they're going to probably be back in to see you eventually anyway because yeah. the very, you know, cure causes more additional issues. Yeah. So. There's Absolutely. all of that too. Yeah, so I would say that's one. Um, mm-hmm. Another one, again, it's just, uh, so um, Florida State's Olympic weightlifting, mm-hmm. um, their state's championship is this week, weekend okay. down in Orlando. Uh, one of my um, patients, um, she is a actually an occupational therapist, um, and she's also a weightlifter. She's about uh, like 42 years old, um, mm-hmm. two kids, um, back pain. Right. This is probably about uh, a year and a half ago. She, again, when got an MRI, saw an ortho, ortho, total, hey, you have the back of an 80-year-old. Yeah. A ton of degeneration, arthritis, like you're never going to be able to lift again or anything like that. 
obviously she was i mean her life revolved around obviously her kids work and weightlifting yeah that's devastating news and to be able to hear that you know she's you know she's not even that really that old 42 Mm -hmm. and to be able to hear from another another healthcare provider hey you have the back of an 80 year old like it's everything is degenerated you have arthritis it's super harmful words Mm -hmm. right um but again like same thing she came in did some physical therapy we were really gonna progress some things get her back stronger again now she's competing in states for clean and jerk and snatch awesome right so again i think like a lot of times people especially us as healthcare providers we really need to be careful of like the words we say oh yeah Yeah. people will become a diagnosis yeah so it's like again like i don't i don't even say anything about like you know children patient now just say hey we have some shoulder pain going on here right yeah all we really need to do is figure out, hey, what's going on from a mobility perspective, mm-hmm. and get it strong enough to be able to tolerate whatever activity yeah. that you want to be able to do that you aren't able yeah. to do it right now. Yeah. Right? Because, because if it, people become so fixated on a diagnosis, mm-hmm. whatever, they're going to be Then they like, go Google it, yeah, and they, they read Google all about it. it, and then they start believing it, and then they start living the life that Google told yeah, you it was going to Yeah, it's just a like. shitty spiral uh-huh. coming down and stuff. Agreed. Um, but Agreed. Yeah, those are just, uh, I don't know, a couple of uh, patient it. stories. No, and stuff well like done. That. That's amazing. Good yeah. job. Well, it's amazing. Like what you're describing is the body is adaptable. You know, 100%. like one of the reasons we don't do X-rays on every single patient is because what I can tell you is like you can see one X-ray and you would think just looking at a picture of bones, not knowing the person or their history or witnessing their function or mobility, you would think this person clearly must be in a wheelchair, immobilized. Yeah. Like it looks terrible. They must have had like eight car accidents yep. like there's they must have a walker or a cane surely and they're totally fine yeah, pain they don't have any pain. living life yeah. another x-ray could look like a 13 year old and beautiful disc spaces maintained no like obvious bone spurs or degeneration or anything and that person is the one that's coming crawling walking yeah. in your office like with two people on either side to help hold them up so there's never a direct correlation and then i also say like hey i've been working on my body for a really long time doing all the right things getting adjusted nutrition and if you x-rayed my spine, you could give me a diagnosis on the spot and yeah. I could believe it and start thinking it's dangerous for me to exercise mm-hmm. or golf or do something. And then I start guarding and losing yep. mobility and like succumbing to that. So, yeah. I see. No, that's that's awesome. I, I, I didn't realize that because, I mean, uh, I know like a lot there's a large majority of chiropractors where again the first thing they do is t- take an x-ray or MRI. but again, you'll find exactly, something yeah you'll find something uh-huh. yeah. but again like exactly with what you said right again there's like yeah. you know asymptomatic people out there and again uh-huh. we take an x-ray and it's like mm-hmm. probably more than 70 percent of them are, yeah. are going to have something show up and stuff yeah. so yeah the body awesome. will adapt you yeah. know as long as you know we see all sorts of misalignment and people have scoliosis like for us our goal isn't necessarily to get their spine to look straight like yeah. somebody else's Just get spine. The functioning again. yeah but once the body stops identifying that as a pathology right and it doesn't mm-hmm. set up the infl- inflammatory cascade and try to like lock things down with degeneration and bone spurs if the body doesn't recognize it as a problem you can have full function even though it looks all distorted and terrible right. on an x-ray you Correct. know so that's what made me think of that when you said this lady still has a meniscus tear yeah she still does but yeah. she can do all the things like we're not changing anything uh-huh. from like a structural standpoint we're literally just again like yeah. buffering um up the things around it right so uh-huh. we're what's that quote uh i was explaining to someone else uh uh-huh. treat Treat the donut, not the hole. Yeah. Right? So right. we're not doing anything to the donut hole. I don't we're know just... how this guy. It all comes back to donuts <laughs> and ice cream donut, over donut here. Cream. <laughs> um, but again, I'm gonna we're work just... on your nutrition. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna buffer up all the surrounding areas so yes. they can, can can tolerate whatever activity they want to do. Totally. Totally. Because um, again, like if you you can tell people, hey, like if you have you know like a meniscus tear, but it's not painful and you're able to like run and squat mm-hmm. and do all those things, like yeah. will it matter to you? 
Yeah. Well, how many people have one that don't know because they never had it right. work? They never had the imaging done, but they're still living life and doing all yeah. the things, doing all the right? Things, right? So that's why I'm saying like, there's all these amazing tests. We were actually just talking about this in the office because mm-hmm. now patients can go online and order all their own tests and do these telemed things, and then they're coming in throwing all this data at me and freaking out because they found something. Right. And I'm like. Well, that test wasn't warranted for you in the first place. Sure. Like, there's a ton of different tests. You and I could go order 60 different functional medicine labs for ourselves, but we don't really need it. There was no reason to do them in the first place. Right. Yeah. Then you find something because there's probably something. Like mm-hmm. We're not all perfect and our bodies are diverse and functioning and changing every day and every month and every week. And so it's just like now you have this like overwhelming data that we never needed on you in the first mm-hmm. place and like now you have now you have that in your mindset yeah. like what are you gonna do with it absolutely and like plus like how we with how how we treat and stuff it's not really dictated by it doesn't really matter what the imaging says right like mm-hmm. obviously again if we know if it's, if it's a fracture or again mm-hmm. if we know if there's some sort of like a red flag for like cancer or whatever yeah of course imaging is warranted yeah. but again it's like if if you have shoulder pain like it doesn't really matter if it's a labral tear mm-hmm. an impingement a rotator cuff, like we're all going to treat it the same, mm-hmm. right? We're all going to figure out, hey, what are you able to tolerate and handle yeah. that is pain-free and slowly right. build you up from there. Exactly. So again, it's just like whenever patients ask me, hey, should I go get an extra MRI? I'm like, no offense, but it's not really going to impact the way we treat you. Agreed. Yeah. Right. Plus like MRIs and x-rays are expensive. I know. <laughs> like 400, 500 bucks. I know. And they don't or tell you how to fix or it. More. Yeah, they just tell you what's wrong, but they don't tell you I how know. to fix it. It just leads to a surgical consult, <laughs> yeah. basically. Um, well, we talked a little bit about that, like why you don't participate in insurance reimbursement, yeah. but it's just they're not really making decisions based on what the patient needs Correct. or it's so limiting mm-hmm. or only allows them to focus on the area of pain and not connect like, okay, you need your back and your hips and your leg muscles to move your shoulder properly yep. or lift something overhead. So Yeah, anything absolutely. Because like, again, like a lot of the patients we treat, like we'll treat them for like a shoulder thing and then the shoulder gets better. They're like, oh yeah, by the way, I've always had this hip thing that's going on. Can mm-hmm. you take a look? I'm like, yeah, sure. Of course we can. Yeah. <laughs> But you can work on that without going to get permission or having somebody have to play the system to write the proper diagnosis code that allows you to treat the area. And plus, like, again, like a lot of times, like insurance will only allow, quote, Mm -hmm. quote, allow, Mm -hmm. right, um, a certain number of visits. But what happens if the patient still has issues even past the a lot of number of visits, right? Uh What are they going to do? Just not like CPT, right? So, again, that's like also, again, a big reason why we don't participate in insurance. Again, it was just. Allows us to treat the patient for as long as we need to, mm-hmm. or until again the patient um, is all the way back to the goals and stuff. Yeah. Well, and I don't know if patients recognize this either, but they don't. Insurance doesn't cover maintenance, wellness, or prevention. Yep. So mm-hmm. once they've reached what is considered maximum medical improvement, they're done. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But people can't just stop moving their body because they've reached maximum medical improvement. Right. Whatever, whatever that area. means, right? Yeah. Whatever the <laughs> whatever whoever's that deciding means. what that is. Yeah. Well, and also like your model too, like. It's a more hopeful perspective, right? It's like we have a higher standard. Like I say that even here, like you have a higher standard for what the body's capable of because mm-hmm. you have a high level of conviction because of the level of testimonies and success stories yeah. that you've witnessed. For sure. You know? Absolutely. So you're not going to tell somebody like, oh yeah, you're old. So yeah, that's probably that's it. as much yep. as you can possibly do. That's like one of the most things that I hate the most is like, yeah, you're just going to have to deal with it. Like yeah. go on your way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You, you see like patients tell me that yeah. all the time that they go to another doctor and it's like yeah uh you know you just have to live with it you're stuck with it like sorry can't help you i know that's where like the italian in me comes out i'm like 
You want to bet? Yeah, no, there's there's always things that you can do. And again, Uh exactly going back to what we're saying, like the body's adaptable if you give it the right amount of stimulus. I agree. I agree. Um, I agree. There's hope. There is hope. That's what it says upstairs when you walk in. It says, there's hope. The body heals. I love that. So it sounds like you're practicing the same. So I'm sure you've at least piqued people's interest. Maybe they, um, listening, have been told to live with it. This is as good as it's going to get kind of a thing. Um, How can people that are listening today learn more about you? Yeah, sure. Um, So our website, you can go on our website. It's uh, www.motionrxhealth.com. We're mm-hmm. also very active on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram is motion.rx. Um, yeah, we post a bunch of different things. Um, we try and make it informational, right? So we'll post like exercise. Um, yeah. We have exercise stuff. We'll also try and make it like funny as well too. So it we'll is. Post, like, actually, funny. I love his page. You guys should definitely follow them. And, you know, we try, try and make it real, right? Yes. Uh, try and be able to connect with people, show them, hey, we're not just like <laughs> like very robotic right yeah. we have we have emotions as well too so we'll do right. some sort of like uh tiktok dance or reel and then again we also try and uh, post some like patient testimonials and patient mm-hmm. patient stories right hey yes. this person was dealing with xyz and now mm-hmm. they're all the way back to doing mm-hmm. xyz right um, those always speak volumes that. yeah like you and i could tell everybody what we do and how great yeah. it is and all but like ultimately they just want to hear from somebody like yeah, somebody else yeah what was your experience it? like right mm-hmm. um yeah so we're very active on um social media uh you can also yeah find us on tiktok motion.rx um okay. yeah and then we also have a podcast as well which we need to get you on uh, it's called yeah the healthy jacks podcast so okay, cool. um, we'll get you on for that as well too and yeah. we'll put all the links that he just mentioned in the show notes as well so you guys can just easily click and follow him perfect any last remaining thoughts no thank you for having me on this is awesome yeah thanks for joining us i agree it's cool to find people when you find people that are like-minded yeah. naturally our listeners are going to want to find other people that are open to like a holistic proactive model so i hope that people seek you out for sure awesome well, thank you for having me on and yeah yes awesome so that's been another awesome episode of the weird works podcast see you guys <laughs> next episode yeah on the next episode of weird works Your health and how you feel on a daily basis directly impact your mental, emotional, and spiritual health. We will help you reprogram your way of thinking and be on a plan that works for your body instead of against it. It is time to rewrite the false belief that health abnormalities are normal and that it just is what it is. You do not have to live with feeling less than 100%. We invite you to take a serious look at how you feel on a day-to-day basis. Is what you're doing working? Do you want to learn how to live a more holistic life that's still enjoyable and fun? The 90-10 lifestyle can be the bridge from subpar results to the vibrant and abundant lifestyle that you've been looking for. So click the link by this video so you can get started today. We truly, truly know that this program can change your life. We'll see you on the inside.